Hi, I am Byron Hazlett, and welcome to the ASD Experience Podcast. Throughout my entire life, I have high-functioning autism, and let's just say that I've been through a lot when it comes to being on the spectrum, from social issues to nonverbal communication to even sensory sensitivity. So now I think this is the perfect time to talk about my diagnosis, how I overcame my struggles, and how I became the person I am today. I am Byron Hazlett, and this is the ASD Experience. Hey, what is up? Welcome back to the ASD experience. My name is Byron Hazlett, and I am so eager to tell you more stories about autism. And also, I have a very special guest with me today who is joining us in this episode. It's my beloved Aunt Tabby, who is not only the spirit coordinator of Cincinnati Cheerleading, but she is also an autism specialist. So, Aunt Tabby, how are you? I'm doing great, Byron. Thank you for having me on this episode. Anytime, because I know that you're an autism specialist, but I know that you remember me getting diagnosed with autism and you know me as a person with ASD. But I do have some questions for you regarding how you view people on the spectrum and what it's like for people without autism view people who have it. Okay. So first things first, what inspired you to become an autism specialist? Well, I right out of college, I wasn't sure if I wanted to actually go to grad school or if I wanted to – I decided I wanted to kind of see what it was going to be like in a school system and see what kind of um, kids I could work with. And I got a job in a preschool with some special needs kids and some regular education kids mixed together. And it was a really great experience. I enjoyed working with a young guy that I, I got um, paired with. I was his aide, and he was nonverbal and – he did, had some behaviors where he would hurt himself, but I saw some really – just, just the great person that was in there, and I enjoyed the – I enjoyed trying to pull that out of him and trying to teach him, you know, cer- certain skills. So, And I did it for 20-something years. Well, you know, that is actually amazing because, you know, when I was in school, I had to be in two separate classes – one in a special education class and one in a regular class. So mm-hmm. it was something. Yeah, I remember that. Cool. So tell me, were you aware of autism before I got diagnosed? The only reason I was aware of autism was because I had been in a school and worked with that young guy. His name was Sean. Um, but that was the only connection I had to somebody with autism. And then I just remember you getting diagnosed and thinking, okay, wow, this is going to be challenging but exciting at the same time because I saw the things that the kids that I worked with, you know, the what they went through and what they learned. And um, I was just excited to see you through the process. Well, aw, thank you so much, Aunt Tabby. I, I appreciate it. Because, you know, a lot of people these days view people with autism. I mean, not today, but like back in the day, a lot of people view them as people who don't even know how to take care of themselves and people, and they view them as dim-witted, even though they're not. Because like what people say, not only that we're all unique, but we're smart in our own way. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. It was interesting um, watching you grow because I think – when I think of you as a little kid, I remember some of the behaviors and some of the things that you did when you were younger. So I remember you getting diagnosed and th- and the, watching the behaviors that you had 
because I would I would probably classify you at that point that you were pretty severe. You didn't talk and you know you you kind of were in your you were very to yourself and I dealt with a classroom of kids that were pretty severe. So I would have kind of, you know, put you in with that classroom, but it's I don't think you can ever you know, say this is how somebody is and this is the classroom they belong in because I think that with the expectations that your parents put on you, you um, very much outperformed and out outdid anything that anybody thought of what you were, who or what you were going to be. I mean, you're just, you're an amazing young man. And I think about when you were younger that you had quite a journey yeah, and as a matter of fact, I did. So I do appreciate you telling me all this and such. Now, here's the thing I do want to ask you. So can you describe the difference between people viewing people with autism and people with autism viewing people without autism or any other special needs? I think really with anybody, it's hard to understand the person, whether they do or do not have autism, unless you put – just kind of put your beliefs and everything aside and get to know the person. Um, so, you know, I, I think just as a as a person with autism or a person without autism, you need to drop all the stereotypes and get to know that person, and you'll see that there's something pretty special in everybody. Exactly, and I will say this. Well, I don't have a story, but I do have something to to, to talk to you about. Can I? Can I tell you? Yeah, please. <clears throat> so, so I do have many folks that I knew growing up who have autism, like particularly the ones in school. And this guy that I know, his name's Wasant, and recently he's been showing off new ticks by making kissing noises. Mm -hmm. And when he did that to some women, they got really uncomfortable. And here's the thing. It was just its tick, and I'm not sure if he knows how to explain it to them or not. But in reality, if you do those weird, not weird things, but in reality, if you make those ticks, people will get really uncomfortable because of where you're doing. Mm -hmm. I heard you say weird for a second, and then you're like, no, I no, no. But I think, I think that's interesting that you say that because some people do look at it and they're like, that's weird. But <laughs> you're not looking at the person; you're looking at something that they're doing. And so, and if you don't know that person, sometimes it could be, I'm doing the quote unquote with my fingers here, but you could right. view it as weird. It's just a behavior that's not understood by somebody. Yeah. And that's basically the thing, because honestly, I wish that people with autism would know how to explain how they behave and and how they have ticks to people. That way they would understand. But here's the thing. A lot of people don't understand what people have and what people go through. Right. And I also wish that he could have told them that without without thinking that he's a person that, like, they should be nervous of yeah, or yeah, afraid like, of or yeah, something. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like, without him being looked at as a person who doesn't deserve to be with anybody else. Right. No, that's but, true. And you know, this is why that people need to accept the way we are, whether we show ticks or not. Right. And here's the thing: I used to make ticks, but I don't do that anymore because, from what I'm aware of, is that a lot of people view it. As awkward, well, like socially awkward, if you could say. Yeah. When I think you understand that I think your parents have talked a lot with you about what's socially acceptable right. and what isn't. And sometimes 
people with autism, depending on their abilities, sometimes people, they don't understand that, and so they do it anyway. Mm. And it's not something that they're trying to do or not trying to do. It's just a part of them. But you understand that because you've, I think you're you're very high functioning. Like you're you're a smart guy, and so, and you want to be included, and you want to be understood, and you know that because you've worked really hard on like sarcasm and like you know different things because sometimes those things are harder for people lower, with autism, yeah, especially lower functioning people, right? And I and I totally get it because I used to struggle with a lot of it, but not a whole lot to be honest. Mm-hmm. You worked hard. You've definitely worked hard. And it helps that your parents had high expectations for you and they didn't take no as an answer. Like, no, Byron can't do that or he can't be right. in that class or they fought for you. And yeah. that really, that's that's helped you to get to where you are today. Yeah. And I will also say this because my brother was actually helping me with the same thing. Mm-hmm. The same thing as what my parents have been doing. Yeah. I mean, not a lot as he used to, but sometimes because of, because often he would lecture me. Mm-hmm. But trying to help you. Yeah, in general, like not lecture me in a way to be all toxic or anything. I mean, I love him, bro. He's great. But like, yeah. I mean, sure, we all have our agreements and disagreements, but th- but that's just us, basically. Well, and I think everybody, if you live in a home with someone that has autism, you are all part of that person's journey and you're – I think you just you should be part of it and you should want to help and you should, you know, like you said, he kind of lectured you, but he's trying to help you understand how the world functions so that you can be a successful part of that world. Right. And to be more social and to communicate very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because basically social cues and communication skills were what I used to struggle a lot, right. not behavioral skills. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that's pretty typical for, for people with autism. Very true. And I do also have another question for you. So based on what we were talking about, what is it like dealing with kids and adults who are on the spectrum? Like, do you accept the way they are regardless of their functioning level? Um, yeah, I do personally. I know there are people that have a hard time with it because they have a hard time understanding behaviors. But because you say I'm an autism specialist, I don't think I'm a specialist. I just think that I'm a, I've been around people with varying levels of autism. So my comfort, I feel comfortable around people with autism, whether they're nonverbal or verbal. I just feel it doesn't scare me. Some people don't understand how to communicate with someone who might have communication issues. And so it's intimidating for them, whereas I don't feel like I'm not intimidated. I enjoy having conversations and and. Sometimes even just trying to help somebody that might have some some struggles and I can help them kind of view the world differently. Exactly. And that is very cool, honestly. So uh, regarding other questions that I do have for you, and based on what we just talked about just now, should people accept the way we are as people with the disorder? Like I honestly have it, although I am very high functioning, where I can function well. Yeah. I think so. Don't you? I mean, I think, do you accept me because I bite my fingernails? Yeah, I I do accept the way you are. I mean, because everybody has their little quirks and funny things about themselves. And 
you know, you don't want to be judged because right. you wear glasses or because you have facial hair or because right. you're short or, you know, this is just another part of who you are. And I absolutely you should be accepted. And if you're not, then there's something wrong with that person that's not accepting you. Of course. But I mean, yeah, and I totally get it, Antabby, because everybody needs to accept the way we are and not as people who are not just socially awkward, but people who don't deserve to be part of the society or part of life, unless you committed a crime, but that's totally different. Yeah, that's completely different. I think, I don't know if you know anything about the University of Cincinnati's TAP program, but they have kids or young adults that are coming into college and they are able to earn a certificate, certificate and they're kids with, or adults with some sort of special needs, some sort of um, you know, <clears throat> something that they that they need extra help with, but I think it's really awesome because they come to college, they are just in, just they are in classes and they live on campus and they eat with everybody. And so, I think when people and universities and places do things like that, where they include people with some sort of special needs. It gives other people the opportunity to see that, oh, wow, like these people are cool. They're, you know, they're going to school like us. They're in classes. They're eating at the dining hall. They're living in the dorms. I think that's pretty awesome. And it gives people that do not have autism or a special, some sort like Down syndrome, something like that. Right. It gives people the opportunity to see that, wow, like they're just like us. I mean, yeah, and I totally get it. That's why I sometimes go to the accessibility resources just to get some help regarding my grades, mm -hmm. whether if I struggle with some of the work that I have or That's if I need so it. That's so cool that you know about that and you use that resource. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, it is journal cool. Even though I don't go there as often because I don't have a lot of issues going on with me just the everyday struggles and that's just something basically mm -hmm. it's just literally something i think you would be surprised at the number of people that probably use the the that resource center because of maybe something coming out of high school they had a you know maybe they needed a little bit more time taking tests or you know some sort of accommodations and you would never, looking at him, like looking at you, you don't know like, oh, wow, he's filled with autism inside him. Like you don't you don't look at someone. You look at them as a person, not as, oh, that's autism sitting right there in front of me. That's Byron sitting in front of me, and he's a cool dude. Of course, because we're human. Mm-hmm. Yep. And even if I'm autistic, I am still a human being considerably. Mm -hmm. I like to say – this person has autism. They are not autistic because that is not, that doesn't define you. It's a piece of you. You have autism, but right. it's just a little piece of you, just like you have facial hair. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, autism is not the big thing of me. It's just right. only a piece, yeah. honestly. That's for like everything, honestly. But like what's big about me is that I am a male. Yes, you are. Yeah. Grown man. I know. <laughs> Although I will say this real quick, Aunt Tabby, but regarding what we were talking about, a lot of people view it as a learning disability. Well, a little bit it is, but not entirely because it's kind of a different ability. Mm -hmm. 
That's so true. That's so true. Although, sometimes sometimes people with autism have like this this special strength about them that you know they might be really good at something because autism allows them to, you know, listen to music and immediately be able to play it on the piano or be really good with numbers or something, you know, have a photographic memory. So that's, it is, it's it's something that's kind of, it's really special. Yeah, it's very, I mean, it's very true. So yeah. And I will also say this because we think differently. And of course, we all have our strengths and weaknesses. Even when it comes to social cues, I don't have very bad ones like I used to. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when I get anxious, it's kind of different. Like, let's say, for example, if I get pulled over by the police, am I going to get aggressive over them? Hell no. I would never do that. Mm-hmm. And just last night on our way home, my brother and I were talking about what to do if I get pulled over by the cops or the authorities for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say, for example, if I get pulled over for speeding or from like drunk driving, which I would never do such a oh, thing. Oh, goodness. No, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't do that. You're yeah, too I, smart. I know. Too yeah. smart. Yeah, no. Sometimes even if you just like roll through a stop sign or, you know, just something that we didn't even realize, something really minor. But yeah, yeah, that's true. Like I'm sure Sammy was able to really talk you through and help you. I mean, I'm not like the person who's never going to cooperate with them if, right. if they're going to give me a ticket for anything, which hopefully I will not go through the situation, which I'm very knowledgeable about driving and the right. safety aspects of it right. and the safety of it and the motor vehicle laws in general. But what I will say is that if I encounter the police, I am not going to give myself a hard time and I'm not going to go ahead and argue or refuse to listen to them in any way if, if they're going to do anything to me, honestly. Right. And that's how, yeah, I think that's. That's pretty typical, and that's how it should be. Yeah. I mean, it is. So it's like, again, it's not a learning disability. Although, unfortunately, people, especially in today's standards, still think of it as that. Right. When in reality, it's it's not. It's right. just different. I love that you're doing this podcast because I think it's pretty cool. I think a lot of times people look at somebody with autism and they think like, man, what is – What's going on in their head? Like, what are they thinking? Why do they think like that? And you are high functioning and you're able to say like, oh, well, I remember talking to you about when you were younger and about how you kind of used to make noises and and you said, oh, yeah, and I used to run around like crazy. And I, rem- I and I remember that and thinking and I remember thinking, man, I wonder what's going on in his head. And you said, you just wanted to be there. You wanted to be in you, inside your head. You didn't want to be outside. And so you were all inside your head at that time. Yeah, and I actually was. Well, I mean, sometimes I am, but not in a way where I'm like completely absent-minded. Mm-hmm. Because from what I know is that it's good to focus on the real world, mm-hmm. even if it's stressful. Right. That way I would be more self-aware and knowledgeable regarding what's going on in our society and how to deal with reality. So, Aunt Tabby, I actually have one more question to you before we sign off. All right. After all we just talked about today in this episode, what does autism mean to you, even if you don't have it? I mean, I know you don't have autism, but, like, what does it mean to you when it comes to being an autism specialist? What does autism mean to me? Autism is something that makes a human special. It's not a bad thing. It's like you said, it's not a disability. It's an ability. Yeah, more like an advantage. I mean, sometimes yeah. it could be an advantage and a disadvantage at times, but not mm-hmm. entirely. 
But I think we all have things about our personalities that are advantages and disadvantages. And we work every day to try to figure those things out about ourselves so that we can be successful in the real world. And it this just adds some, this just something else about somebody that they have to figure out about themselves in order to be productive in, in our society. As a matter of fact, that is so true. And at Tabby, I couldn't thank you enough for for joining me in this episode. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for being here. And I really love how you tell me stories about it and such. It just gives me the good vibes, especially from what we were talking about in my documentary that I made last year mm-hmm. back at UC Blue Ash. Yeah, I love this because, well, first of all, I've never been in a recording studio. So this is pretty awesome. And to see you doing your work is it's pretty special to me. So I, I can't thank you enough for inviting me to do this. Hey, you're welcome anytime. You know, I again, I appreciate it. Well, again, this is the only time I'm going to repeat this, but thank you so much, Aunt Tabby, for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Byron. I love you. I love you too. And I want to thank you to all my listeners for listening to this episode. I do hope you enjoyed this episode. Just stay tuned as I have my next guest coming in, who is Jordan McDonald, as he and I are going to be talking about what it's like to be autistic and how the spectrum works. So be sure to subscribe, and I will see you in the next episode of the ASD Experience. See ya. Thank you for listening to the ASD Experience podcast. More episodes of the series will be coming your way. Till then, this is me, Byron Hazlett, signing off.